Hello everybody and a very Merry Christmas from this game where me, Ashley and Christmas. Oh, had to get it in, had to get some crap pun in to the beginning. I was really hoping to try and crowbar in sort of hello, ho, 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 and then Christmas came to me in a flash of inspiration. And then I said it in a way that was very reminiscent of Jim, the next door neighbour from Friday Night Dinner. Uh, that, that was intentional. <laughs> um, I just sounded really flat when I said it, so I'm, I'm sorry. Well, Christmas. <laughs> Great. Why hello, ho, 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 out of interest? Uh, because it joins together the word hello as a greeting okay. and, and ho, ho, ho as a Christmas greeting. So not because you did that for the introduction last year. Did I? You really? Yes, you did. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Um, yeah, so you'd forgotten about that. <laughs> it just shows how how hardwired my brain is. Yeah, how, how <laughs> narrow. It just zones in on one thing and then that's like your, your joke for the rest of your life is hello, ho, ho, ho. To everybody and a Merry Christmas. I'm super... Because my name's Chris, by the way. My name's Chris. I'm super embarrassed about that. And the thing is, I know we're going to have the same conversation next year when I've forgotten in uh, Almost certainly, Christmas yeah. 2023. So I, what I'm gathering from this is that you haven't done your due diligence. You didn't listen to last year's episode in preparation for this one. No, it's in the past. No. Move okay, on. fair enough. So this week's episode, for anyone that hasn't gathered from our blurb and title, is the 2021 Gamers Gift Guide from this game where, from me and Chris, which will involve us giving you a handful of little treats that you might be able to buy for yourself if you feel so inclined, if you if you're deserving of a treat this year or maybe for the gamers in your life so that's what will be happening over the course of this episode they can be games they're not all games in fact i don't think mine are sort of vicariously about games sort of tangentially about games i'm sure that's probably the same for chris yeah good because of that what i thought we would do we did the same thing last year is maybe front the episode with a list like a little rundown of the games that we've enjoyed this year would you be up for that i would indeed so it's that annual tradition uh, just like we did last year and also obviously we're putting this out early december so if there's anything in this episode that uh piques your interest or you think might be worth buying for someone then obviously you've got time to to buy it off amazon or Another retailer, but probably Amazon. Correct. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Right. I was a bit sad compiling this list because I've not really played that many games this year because the ones I have played are ones I've played for a, a long time. So therefore, I've not played much. And obviously, there's there's been lockdowns and restrictions in place and things. So I've not really had much time for, for gaming, which, uh, like I said, made me a bit sad. I think I've played more games than I realise. But when I came to this list, when I came to making this list, I, I just found it very difficult to bring that many back. So my list is shorter than I anticipated it being, which is uh, interesting in its way. I could only think of a handful and I had to go on my Switch and, oh, oh yeah, I remember playing that back in back in February mm. when... But whether it's worth bad. recommending is the is the other side of this, isn't it? So yeah, what are so. you recommending to people? So th- these games I've played this year and I would recommend, um, they are as follows. Lego Incredibles, which my daughter got for Christmas last year, uh, was subject of episode 43, a game that we played to 100% and really enjoyed. And then the flip side of that coin is this, at the moment... We are playing through Lego Harry Potter and really enjoying it as well. Lego Harry Potter, I think I mentioned it a few episodes ago, actually. I played both the Years 1 to 4 and the Years 5 to 7 games about a decade ago. And it's it's really fun to play through them again in two-player. I always think Lego games are good, so they always come with a, a hearty recommendation from myself. Um, other games I've played this year are the demo of Metopia, which I thought was going to be terrible, but I really liked it. And it's a game that I think is going to 
maybe end up in my daughter's stocking at Christmas. I don't know. Two Point Hospital is a game I recommended last year and I've been dipping in and out of that uh, with some of the DLC that became available on the Switch this year. Mario Brothers U Deluxe, uh, Wonder Song, Titanic Adventure Out of Time is something I've been dabbling a little bit with since we played it a few weeks ago. Mm. Uh, Psychonauts, we played over the summer and was just as good as I remember it, so I've been playing that a little bit as well. And then the main four games I've been playing this year are Apple Arcade, Mario 3D World, which was the subject of episode 64, and Skyward Sword, which was the subject of episode 69. Mm, that is a good rundown of uh, of games. I was surprised that there were only two Lego-y ones on there. I was starting to think at the beginning of your list that there may be, it'd just be all Lego. A plethora of Lego games. Mm. Yeah. No, I think it's been quite nice this year playing Lego Rebels at the start of the year and then Harry Potter towards the end because hmm. the, the Lego game formula hasn't changed since the first one back in 2005. So it's uh, nice to have that bit of, of sort of bookending the year with them. And then um, Lego Skywalker Saga very much on my horizon for next year as well. That's going to be a bit of a meaty affair, isn't it? I'm, yeah, it uh, is. Very I'm looking forward to that. Into minds what I'm going to th- what I think of that whether whether i'm anticipating it highly or or not but then at the same time last year i talked about cyberpunk 2077 being on the horizon and how um potentially exciting that was and look look how that turned out so what folly that is one of the games that i have played this year i wouldn't be recommending it personally so i played it on the pc and even taking into account that it's not it's not as troublesome on that platform it just never it just didn't grab me right i'm gonna try it again at some point i'm just gonna start again and and have another go but yeah it just didn't didn't really grab me other games that i recommended though last year that i've played this year uh disco elysium hadn't played that but i'd heard i i was highly anticipating it um and been enjoying that a lot uh final fantasy 7 remake i have been playing that this year i haven't got it for christmas last year and it's been fab uh ghost of tsushima which i re- uh, mentioned i think in our rundown last year is one yeah, of the best did. games and i would recommend that has to come out on the playstation 5 this year as a direct score i i think it's much of a muchness where you play it but i i would recommend it as an excellent experience games that i've played this year there is so there is a link that uh, for a lot of these games uh, I'm not going to ask you to guess it but there is a link and it will become clear what it is very shortly after I've given you the list so games for this year top of the list I feel like I've done these in at least the first two are some of the best games that I've played the, in fact probably the two best games that I've played this year the ones that I've enjoyed the most I should just get into it those games are Psychonauts 2 which I played when it came out on uh, on the PC again and fab just fab uh, it takes two, which Hannah and I played recently, last couple of weeks, and yeah, again, just totally uh, exceeded expectations. Uh, Call of the Sea, which is uh, w- was a genuine surprise; hadn't heard of it before I played it, and then uh, really enjoyed that. Hannah and I played through that again together. Um, Super Liminal, Hannah and I played that together as well over the course of a couple of week, uh, a couple of evenings, I think, and. Thought that was fab too. Not quite as good as the others. Forza Horizon 5. Playing that on my own. It's really good. Uh, Car Adventures Across Mexico. A racing game. A racing game, yeah. Excellent. Age of Empires 4. Brand new entry into the Age of Empires series. So 
Uh, very excited about that and it has been great so far. Uh, Subnautica Below Zero. We've talked about Subnautica on an episode and Subnautica Below Zero is the sequel that I was able to play a few weeks ago for the first time and just more Subnautica really. So can't really complain about that because it's, it's a phenomenal game, Subnautica. They're the ones that are linked. The other two that, that are on my list are Monster Hunter Rise, which I, Hannah and I have both played rather a lot of for various reasons and i've i've played monster hunter before never got into it and monster hunter rise for some reason as is the magic key to unlocking my enjoyment of that series is very good and the last game on my list so short the last game legend of zelda skyward sword which i wasn't going to buy and then you bought and i got i got fomo or something (laughs) ended up buying it and you and your daughter ended up sort of pseudo racing against Hannah to try and finish the the game and then she won she hammered you didn't yeah, she, she yeah she did yeah. yeah my daughter was was very sad about that she enjoyed the challenge oh she, she did she enjoyed yeah. the competition she she was she enjoyed uh, the chase that was the summer holidays was was playing that and and her saying oh she we're past Hannah now she we're still ahead of Hannah and, and yeah. Oh, yeah that was that was good uh, were you um, convinced about Skyward Sword after talking about it yourself in uh, in episode 69 or had you already planned to buy it or a refresh question had you already thought I'm not going to buy it because I'd already played it and then like you said it was that sort of well actually maybe I should because it is really good it was a couple of things one of those things was Hannah I think for, that I might be misremembering this but I'm fairly sure that Hannah put the seed in my brain that maybe we should buy it I was fairly adamant when we talked about it on podcast that I wasn't going to get it because we already own it then Hannah sort of showed a few signs of interest and then it it got five pounds off, I think, its price. Maybe at Curry's or something like that. Yeah, that's where I got it so, from Curry's for £35, which for a yeah, brand new Switch which, game is extremely reasonable. It is, yeah. And I, I don't regret it one bit. And I think Hannah uh, enjoyed having it on the Switch as well. It looks it looks lovely. It looks really good on the on the Switch. And the gameplay is great. It, it's it's really fun. I mean, I'm going to talk about it in a few weeks when we talk about our ad for the year. But uh, mm. yeah, it's fantastic. And we've already spoken about it on the podcast since. And you spoke quite a bit about Groose. And you were right. Groose is an amazing character. The bit at the end where he talked about it being the legend, the legend of, Groose, of Groose. That's yeah. such a good line. Yeah. There's so many good things about the game. I think it still, it does have its... It does have its niggles. It does have its foibles. But by and large, it's a... A very good entry. Great. So yeah, that's that's my short list of games for 2021. I'm sure there are more that I've played. In fact, I know there are more that I've played. But in terms of what I can recommend, that is them. And the last two are on Switch. And the link for the others, I'm guessing, is Game Pass? You shall find out. Right. Okay. Is that... In short order. Right. Or should we move straight into the uh, the gift element of the episode then? What's the gift element of the episode? Are you, have you done us, it again? I was recommending. Done what oh, again? Oh, phew. Oh, do you oh. not remember what happened last year? Well, where I messed everything up and then ate you six mince mess- pies. Yeah, and felt very sick. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah. Would you like to... No, I'll tell you what. I'm going to sod it. I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to take the first slot. Go for it. So, my first suggestion for gamers' gifts or gifts that gamers might enjoy is very much related to games and... It is very much related to those games that I listed because it is, for the second year in a row, 
Xbox Game Pass. I recommended this last year as well. Do you remember me doing that? No, I've blocked out the memory of last year, it would seem. Fair enough. So I did recommend it last year and I'm recommending it even more emphatically this year because the offering this year has been even better and it's only going to get better than that. Forza Horizon 5 came out a few weeks ago. I'm not a massive racing fan like i don't i certainly don't watch racing sports and racing games they have to be particularly good or a particular type of racing game for me to enjoy them like um, forza horizon like super monaco gp from last week for example exactly yeah precisely that forza horizon 5 ticks all the boxes for me in terms of uh racing games the one that it most reminds me of that i like that i really latched onto before was uh burnout paradise all the burnout games i really enjoy there's an element of um exploration to forza forza horizon 5 there's I, I i'm going into the game i shouldn't really be because i'm actually talking about xbox game xbox game pass so i'm gonna i'm gonna rein myself in to be fair that does sound really good and when i come around to yours i'd be very interested to play that because that sounds excellent you can absolutely play it so the, the other one that you will be very familiar with intimately familiar in fact with uh will be midnight club uh, la so there, there's that element of sort of trawling around the streets mm. uh looking for challenges and and races and things good game um uh, yeah, it's a very good game. And uh, yeah, so anyway, Forza Horizon 5, put it back in the box, talk about Xbox Game Pass. Horizon 5 came out day and date to Game Pass on the PC and on the Xbox for no more money than the price of Xbox Game Pass, which to me is just mind-blowing. And it's not the only game. So Age of Empires 4, a game that I would have happily paid through the nose to to enjoy... That was the same. It came out on PC and it was there just for people to play for, for the princely sum of £8.99, I think it is, on, on PC. And it just keeps happening and keeps happening. Psychonauts 2, probably the most en- enjoyment I've had from a game, came out to Game Pass the, f- the very day that it released. It's so, 8 a month. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem very reasonable. It, it does seem that Game Pass has become very swollen this year. Not in a bad way, I just mean that it just seems to have grown so much well the other thing that it's got in its arsenal that it didn't have last year for me at least on on pc is that it's added the the ea play element to the pc offering there's so many games on there that are are of interest to me but it takes two that is a game that we that hannah and i have played and really really enjoyed i can't tell you how much we enjoyed it that is available to me because as part of the Xbox Game Pass offering, uh, you get access to EA Play. Yeah, it, it's just, it's been delivering. I've had it for about three months in a row, and it's just been delivering extremely regular, extremely regular, very good uh, updates. I'm currently playing The the Forgotten City, which is another one. I, if I had to list all of the games that I've enjoyed on there, we would be here all day. So I have sort of taken the choice, uh, the select few approach. But yeah, it's it's just never-ending, it seems. Just a never-ending parade of games. And I would have felt remiss not to remind people that it's there for the taking. If you've got access to a PC, if you've got access, access to an Xbox, then... I think it would. It's really a no-brainer. And I guess another positive with it is the fact that you can dabble with games, and if you don't like it, then you know, no great shakes. Yeah, that's something that Hannah said was uh, only this morning. Actually, I was talking to Hannah about the list that I was making and what she'd maybe recommend, and she said Xbox Game Pass, and she said one of the thing that that as being one of the positives, mm. like you can you can sort of have a go at things and sort and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, Xbox Game Pass. I'm a massive, massive 
fan and I suppose convert because I just didn't think that that sort of thing could I just didn't think they'd make it work I didn't think they'd make it work and and they have with absolute abundance next year it's going to be I'm pretty sure Fable is coming out next year and I am hugely excited by that prospect it's being created by Playground Games which is the same studio behind Forza Horizon 5 so if they bring any kind of if they bring the level of fun that they've got into that to Fable then I'm going to be just so happy well that leads me nicely into my first recommendation which unsurprisingly is Apple Arcade Apple Arcade yes, yes. so I wondered if you we were going to end up doing this talking about two so they're, they're two things that we've talked about in the past yeah. each of us isn't they aren't they but um, yeah go go for it why Apple Arcade it's essentially what you just talked about with Game Pass. It's the fact that Apple Arcade is £5 a month and it's this catalogue of games on the iPad. Go on the, the App Store, choose a game you want to download, download it and then then play. Uh, there's around about 200 or so games on there. And when I first got the uh, the free trial uh, back in August, I downloaded loads and loads of games and I managed to sort of cut through them to this sort of core of games that I'd, I really enjoy. And I have now stuck with it past the the free trial has expired in the last um couple of weeks and i've um i've stuck with it because i think it's just it's gone great right, yeah. yeah there's uh i've i've not done a list of games i'd recommend because i think we spoke about this um not that long ago in episode 77 but there's there's a few that have come out since that i wanted just to give a a quick shout out to there's one i've been enjoying quite a lot recently called manifold garden which is like a a cross between sort of like portal and like an escher uh artwork and it's just stunning and it's so much fun mm. as well have you thrown yourself off one of the ledges and just fallen and fallen and fallen not yet because when i do that in games that are third person like that it, it gives me not vertigo but it gives me a bit of a sicky heebie-jeebies yeah oh dear so yeah so i've not tried that for, for that very reason one that one that popped to my radar since we spoke was um i, I told you in the episode about how apple arcade is structured in a way that you've got categories which does make it a lot easier to navigate but then things are tucked away a bit and one such game is called word web which is w-u-r-d-w-e-b have you heard of this game Mm-mm, not at all right i think you'd absolutely love word web it's essentially scrabble or bananagrams but a plausible yeah. version of that, you get given a, a, a series of words and you have to place them in the grid, overlapping each other, like in Scrabble or Bananagrams. And as you place the words, you might place them over a tile that says plus three words. And if you place it over that, you'll unlock another three words into your vocabulary list and just keep going and keep going. And it's and the, the words will go into categories. So ones you can place, ones you can't place. So it takes away an element of not an element of thought about it, but it makes it a lot more playable. And it's just it, mm. it, it's really fun. It's so light and chill. The music's really ambient. These little characters walk around and they'll do little speech bubbles saying like "good going" or "great work" and things like that. Which is you know everyone loves a cheerleader, so uh, that's nice. Cool. Yeah, that does sound nice. I didn't mean it in that way. Nice being the operative. No, I know you. I know you didn't mean it that way. You mean the cheerleader, don't you? No, I mean, I mean everyone has been you know boosted. No, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know, okay. I know, I know. Uh, another. I can't believe you felt like you had to explain yourself there. It's because the face. I, did, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I wasn't being lascivious. <laughs> it's because the face. No, I know. Well, assemble with care is another really good one I've played since we spoke about this. It's a really simple puzzle. Well, it, it's simple in execution or premise, I guess. But the the actual game itself is a lot more complicated than that. It's a uh, a game where you play a woman whose job it is a bit like the essentially the repair shop, the game, where your things are brought in and they're broken. And you have to tend pieces and then put them back together again in the right 
the right order. So it might be a cassette, maybe, or a, a VCR mm. player, things like that. And again, it's very relaxing, very, very Just fun. remind me, what's the name of that? Uh, Assemble with Care. Assemble with Care. I'll be looking into that. So just to pick up on that, one of the games that I have played, a game that I totally, it slipped my mind, that I really enjoyed. It had a sort of zeny feel to it. It sounds like Assemble with Care might have the same sort of feel. Um, PC Building Simulator. Oh, God. I know. <laughs> I know. It sounds It Heavens sounds like, above. it sounds very niche. It sounds very um, s- sort of like only a select few people will be interested in it. Yeah. And that might be the Dweeps. case. However, however you may be one such tweeb because there's a management element to it you have to you get you get sent emails from various potential clients who want their computers fixing in various different ways and sometimes they they can tell you what the problem is and sometimes they can they can't you just have to sort of try and figure it out for yourself and sometimes they're like old nanas who have no idea how computers work they just need someone to fix it and sometimes they're people with some idea about it so depending on the the email you get dictates how you go about diagnosing and sorting out the problems that you have Um, and each PC gets a budget so you get so much money that you can spend on it and then you have to balance that against the actual money they're going to pay to to have it fixed so you uh, and you have to manage your day-to-day efforts and the work that you do each day and make sure all of this stuff gets delivered all of you all of your bits gets delivered on the right days so that you can then complete the jobs that are coming in that day and some of them have deadlines and so on so you have to manage all of that workload stuff and get all these pcs uh sorted out and sent back to people it's it's actually pretty good and it's it's the sort of thing that you can like that assemble with care you know it it sounds kind of niche but actually i think it's certainly for you i think you'd enjoy it if you've been enjoying that assemble with care is it a game then you probably enjoy this no that is actually that was free on epic game store so if oh, you've okay. been keeping up with your um if you've been keeping up with your acquisitions as you started last year doing then you should have it for free but i don't from the sound of it, it doesn't sound like you do no that that one passed me by mm. i'm afraid uh, yeah, any other games I think I'd, I've already talked about in episode 77, but uh, App Like Aid is, uh, gets a, a very big thumbs up from me. And kind of like what you said about Game Pass, I, I'm i a bit loath to recommend it as being a, you know, as being a, I don't want to be an Apple guy, but uh, I, I think it's great. I know what you mean. I think those two offerings sort of cover just so much in terms of, so much landscape in terms of what gaming uh, is offering at the moment and both of them regularly getting extra things added to it which is yeah bonus. just so regularly as well and they're they're not just it, it's not just slight offerings it's not, it's quality offerings as well yeah which makes all the difference yeah so number two on my end number two you might feel like we're going down similar avenues as last year because the last thing that i so one of the things i i offered xbox game pass as a thing that you should buy last year the set my second this year harks back to my last of last year because my last of last year was not video games aka board games this year i'm specifying which ones right, okay? okay so this year a there was a, a print of stardew valley the board game there was and it sold like that released hotcakes it did and they've just they've just been doing another one i think it's still in stock some places so if, if, if you are interested in stardew valley the board game then you might want to get your uh get your backside into gear and get get on that one quickly well, or they, if you know someone that might be they did a big thing where about it because i was looking into it for your but 
for your Christmas present. Were you? But it, oh no! But it's only available. I, I couldn't find it because it's it's mm. not available online because of how quickly it sold out. And then they, the press release said they they made it available to certain board game shops, but you'd have yes. to go into those board game shops in person to find out and i don't live near a board game shop so uh my my search for star try the board game for you ended there i'm afraid well fair enough the the uh the shock and horror in my voice if that came if that came out too too strongly um on the actual recording the shock and horror was that you are setting quite a high bar if you uh if you're going out looking for Stardew Valley, the board game, I'm a bit worried that is it uh, mega expensive. Making making you a homemade Spider-Man mask won't fly this year. <laughs> uh, worrying, uh, but yeah. So Stardew Valley, the board game, um, it's had it's actually had to be quite honest, it's had a bit of a mixed reception depending on who you talk to. But I think anyone that likes Stardew Valley, the the thread that I've seen through even the even the less appreciative reviews the, the thread that i've seen is that actually it's a fairly decent translation of the game into a multiplayer board game when i looked into it the guy that made the game actually had quite a, a big hand in creating the board game to try and make it faithful to the video game so maybe yeah, that's why eric, it has that eric brown right yeah um yes he did yeah so um there's been quite a lot of love poured into this and it it certainly shows in the presentation um which it, it just looks lovely so that's one board game and i've actually got because that is Obviously, if I was recommending that to you, it wouldn't float your boat. Nope. I'm not sure if the other one would either, but it's from a, a, a the different the other end of the spectrum, because Sky, Stardew Valley is uh, nice and cutesy and um, palette, uh, br- bright, brilliant color palettes. Uh, the other end of the spectrum this year uh, has seen the release of Skyrim, the board game. So not only has Skyrim hit every every video game platform in existence but it's now a board game blimey exactly that's my that was my thinking exactly now i'm not sure if this is my cup of tea um i've seen though some people who do know uh say that this is an absolutely fabulous translation again of the of skyrim into the board game medium uh one of the people that has said that is um a man who goes by the the moniker Rado on YouTube. So Rado is actually an ex-game developer. He worked at Lionhead Studios um, and was involved in the uh, creation of Fable, the Fable series. Um, He now, um, I think expressly, exclusively, talks about board games on uh, on YouTube. And he's certainly one of my favourite people to sort of listen to speak on board games he's very knowledgeable here he and his uh wife jen um they they ex- generally play games together and they generally play them as two-player um affairs so that's perfect for me and hannah because that sort of um mirrors the way that we tend to experience board games so if they like it that the chances are that we will like it rado has had a lot of positive things to say about skyrim uh, the board game and the translation so if anyone's going to know i'd say he he would being an ex-developer and a uh, board game enthusiast do you think you're so, going to yeah. get it then um i i'm not sure i i don't know it i i think even if it were my thing even if it were my uh, of interest to me whether hannah would be able to sort of step in and be enthusiastic about it i, I don't know if i could expect that of her really because you know, it is quite a, 
it's quite a niche offering, isn't it, really? Yeah. Stardew Valley, the board game, on the other hand, I could well see us uh, getting stuck into that. The only uh, video game, board game I've got is Nintendo Monopoly that came out 15 years ago. Did I tell you the story? <laughs> no, you didn't. Is it something that you won? No. Alongside it... a trip to no. Marrakesh or something? Marrakesh. No, it was one of the very first, if I remember rightly, kind of... Um, Spin-off type Sp- things. Yeah, spin-offs of Monopoly, because now you can get Monopoly of everything. Monopoly of Yeah, I've got Grant, two versions of Monopoly. Exactly. One of them is a Legend of Zelda Monopoly. Right, okay, so similar sort of... Which where, is all right. Whereas Nintendo's a bit more broad, isn't it? So this was 2006, mm. and I got it imported from America, because I thought, that wow, sounds amazing. And it came, and the little the pewter pieces are all different Nintendo things. I think there's a NES controller. One of them's the Hylian Shield, I think, etc., etc. Mm. And all the... Um, spaces are Nintendo characters, so Mayfair and Park Lane in the uh, British version are Mario and Luigi, for example, and I think Old Kent Road and uh, the other brown one are Wario the and Waluigi. Ones. Yeah, ah, right, okay. Exactly. I was wondering who they'd put in the browns. Yeah, so it came, and I was very excited to play it, and then one of the playing pieces, which was a Cooper shell, uh, was missing, so I fired off an email to Monopoly HQ, and then they sent me over a, a, a a little Cooper shell for America. God knows what my carbon footprint is. Uh, I know, yeah. But, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure there were there were other things on the plane as well, not just this, uh, this, yeah. this Cooper shell. Get him a, get him a Cooper shell stat. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I can imagine the scenes. Yeah. The, uh, the that, does sound, that does sound like you. That does sound completely like you. What? Getting my money's worth? Well, yeah, getting your money's worth, sending us a, a snidey email. It wasn't snidey, it was very polite. Nah. Where's my Cooper shell, please? Like that. If that's the voice you want to project onto me, then. (laughs) What I'm worrying about is that I'm going to listen to that back. Having done what I think is like a slightly geeky voice, it's just going to sound exactly like my normal voice. (laughs) So I've been been compared to David Mitchell in my vocal range, so... uh, Yeah, that'll be the the, the egg on your face, won't it? That'll be the Uh, ultimate revenge. Certainly. From you, yeah. Right, well, I'm mm. going to go straight into number two on my list then, which is Lego Mario. Lego Mario. So Lego games for 2021, physical Lego for 2022. That's what you're saying? Indeed. Uh, this is, with the caveat being, I haven't actually got any of this. I know a lot of people oh. have it and it's apparently very good. I just, I think it's really good, but I think that to get the full experience, you have to shell out quite a lot of money. That's Lego. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lego Mario. Then I'm talking about the the actual the main set. We've got the Super Mario that's got the the Bluetooth LCD inside. Yeah, that, and the screen. Um, when I went to the Lego shop in London over the summer holidays, uh, they had a setup you could play with, and my daughter was absolutely enraptured by it. It it, it is really clever the way it works. So you, you jump on things, and the little screen on his belly adds coins on and does sound hmm. effects as you jump on characters. And what I like about it is how they've been releasing extra things for it as the year's gone on and we've now got to the point where Luigi's available. The fact that there's going to be Luigi's Mansion sets coming out, I think, just before Christmas and then into next year they're releasing um, sets that are kind of beach themed. So obviously mm. Mario games have traditionally had beach themed levels. So this set's going to be Lego ones where you've got um, Plessy, for example. Uh, you've got the the Lego bricks are the the, the sandy coloured ones and there's cheap cheap things like that so it's it's very much the gift that keeps giving the fact you've got the, the extra suits you can put mario into as well that are classic mario suits so there's the frog suit from mario 3 there's the penguin suit from um, mario brothers uh, wii u deluxe uh, things like that mm. 
there's, there's so much to it. And I think they, it has been done with genuine care for the brand and respect for the brand as well. It's just, if you want to get, a, I just feel aggrieved that you have to kind of shell out quite a lot in order to kind of make something that, that's, that's fairly playable. Substantial, and, and yeah. The, the base mm. set is 50 quid and it's never really gone down much beyond uh, 45, I don't think. Well, that certainly sounds like Nintendo to me. Yeah, but... well, it's both Nintendo and Lego. They're, they're, they're sort of mm. famous for doing that I, sort of thing. I remember, I can't remember who it was, but I remember talking to someone a few years ago about Star Wars Lego. And I I don't think it would have been you, would it? Because you, you're not a massive Star Wars Not man. massively, no. But they were talking about, I, I think it was the Death Star that was available. And that, that was something that I thought was absurd, like 450 quid or something. And, and they were talking, oh, it's been discounted. It's been discounted. It's, now, it's only £350 now. And mm. it's like, wow, <laughs> we have different... We have different concepts of money, <laughs> clearly, yeah. uh, because three hundred and fifty pounds. Wow! My experience of Lego, I've never been as into uh, as into it as certainly you are, uh, and the the way the world is with Lego these days. My experience of Lego was having a little red bucket of it at home that we didn't really pay much respect. Like it was quite a th- sort of throw around toy, and it would be left lying on the floor. Um, painful and things like that well yes painful but also i can't imagine people buying 450 pounds worth of star wars lego and leaving it lying around on the floor these days it's certainly over my lifetime it's just changed it's it's got a bit more status these days hasn't it well without wanting or needing perhaps to go too much into the history of lego uh around the year sort of 99 2000 lego was practically going to bankruptcy and was about to kind of cease being if i remember correctly Mm -hmm. and they latched onto um sort of brands and making big sets and, and things like that as being a way to get rich quick i guess and that's right that's part and parcel of that mm, interesting i didn't i i is that something you've told us in, uh, in another episode no i don't think so i, I think it, no. it's fairly common knowledge I, I don't think i've misremembered that i think that's that's accurate yeah, I mean, it sounds about right because it, it, it chimes with what I've just said about it being sort of a, a slightly throwaway toy in our bedroom that we enjoyed playing with but wasn't really treated with much reverence. But And now it's it's sort of like a collector's item. Everything that it releases is a collector's item. And... Yeah, there's lots of things that they did. A, um, I saw a thing a couple of weeks ago about uh, Lego Harry Potter, for example, which mm. Harry Potter's kind of going through its 20th anniversary at the, the time mm. of recording, at December 2021. And they they did a thing where they compared the current version of Lego Harry Potter as in the actual minifigure to when it first released. And when it first released, it had yellow skin and was very, very basic looking because there was a thing. I can't remember which set it was, but there was a certain point at which that that was the first Lego minifigure released that wasn't yellow because they wanted it just to be all the same for consistency. And then once they broke free from that, were then able to obviously create a lot of extra things and sets and whatever i also read an interesting article a couple of years ago about how well interesting on your point of view about how up until again around 2000 2001 lego figures were the faces were all quite jolly and happy and then the proliferation of increasingly aggressive faces as as they kind of were trying to perhaps capture more of the the market i guess that's that all very interesting insight into lego and how it's changed yeah good stuff um, and then I also want to give an honourable mention to the Lego Mario question mark block. Not something I've bought as yet. I really want to. As yet. And Ooh. I've had... How much is that one? 
Uh, so around 150. I've had a mm. few times where it's it's hovered dangerously close to to being put in my virtual basket, um, but I've 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 not I've not done it done it as yet. The, the Lego and, and Mario marriage seems to have done quite well this year because they've also released that that NES set, which again looks absolutely stunning. Yeah, that did. Look and that, I'm interested to see what what it yields uh, next year. Yeah, normally I would egg you on uh, to spend your money. But I'm gonna. I care. I'm gonna be sensible for the second time this evening and tell you that maybe yeah, just save you 150 pounds right. or something else. But other people, yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, my number three, again, sort of going across the spectrum in in a sense because you we were talking about 450 pounds Star Wars Legos and 150 pounds uh, of Mario Lego. I'm going to suggest a humble notebook. Or several different notebooks, in fact, because there is a brand of notebook who do uh, tie-ins to other media. They're called Pyramid. Have you seen Pyramid notebooks? No. So I've got um, a few of these now, and they're all game-related, the ones that I've got. Um, All of them, in fact, I think are Zelda that I've got. But they... They have some absolutely lovely one. They're, they're super high quality. Like they really feel nice, nice thick paper pages. Uh, you can get them in lined, square, um, and blank pages. They usually have like a little elastic that you can close it with, and they'll have a little document pouch at the back. So really well made, really well considered notebooks. Uh, very usable, and they come in all kinds of different designs. One of the ones that I've got on my um, Amazon wish list uh, to keep an eye on is a SNES a design that looks fab. And there's also another one that I've got that I've had on there for a while um, is a Super Mario, like a red one with an inlaid Super Mario in a in a darker red. Oh, nice. I'm just looking at the pictures now that the SNES one is is really nice. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. The Zelda ones that I've got, I think one of I've, them has just, got a little... I've just seen the Mario one. Sorry, that is also really, really nice as well. So there, there are just so many of them. They do them for other media as well. So they do them for films and so forth there are different levels to them as well so like there's a premium there's premium notebooks and then there's less premium notebooks but they're all very affordable you talking i I, i've picked some of them up for five pounds and even at their most expensive they usually i think about 10 to 12 pounds so certainly more reasonable in price than the lego that we were talking about obviously for some people um a £12 notebook isn't it up their alley, but I am a bit of a stationary fiend. I do like a, I do like, in particular, I like a nice notebook for writing. So, yeah, they, uh, there are lots of other really nice brands. If you want something game-related, uh, Pyramid Notebooks, just search for them on on Amazon or even just on Google if you want to buy some from somewhere that's not Amazon. When, when companies are doing their gift guides and they, they come up with things like this, is they call it their, their pocket money? range isn't it something like that so, i have no idea is yeah. that what that is they, that's when, our when they, pocket money yeah range. when they say when something's class has been a bit more small fry when, when you compare oh, think, for example 150 pound lego to a, a nine pound 10 pound notebook it's it's the, the pocket money version yeah i mean uh, so i think i fluctuate ever so slightly um over the course of i i will i would sort of be hitting a few things that are are reasonably cheap and then other things the stardew valley board game i think is probably priced a little bit higher than uh than is comfortable for some people a pyramid notebook um i think is very affordable the next one on my list is very very affordable um and the last thing on my list is probably not that affordable so um yeah i'm really running the gamut this year on what i'm recommending you're recommending some penny sweets and then a, a trip to the moon with elon musk you will find out right what's your number three uh number three is 
the Super Mario Encyclopedia. Very nice. Yeah, I think I've seen this. Yeah, it's a, a bit of a thread going through my list. Um, I'm harking mm. back to number two was was Lego Mario. This is the Super Mario Encyclopedia. I had wanted to buy this for a couple of years. It came out, I think, in 2018. Mm. And I sort of toyed about buying it. And then I decided to, to buy it just uh, after Christmas last year. And it is absolutely gorgeous. It It's by Dark Horse, who have done a number of uh, really good, high-quality game uh, related books and it, it's just it, the amount of detail in there is is stunning it's sort of book where i picked up and just flip through it for 10 minutes and i'll inevitably learn something about some aspects of mario the they cover each main game in the series as in the the platformy type games uh in and they go through every single level it might just be a couple of sentences per level but the fact they've gone into that level of detail for each mm. game you'll be told about the the bad guys from the bosses down to goombas uh, what suits are able power ups what characters you can play as there's just so so much detail in and it, it's laid out really amazingly really lovely quality color pages uh, a bit like you said about the notebook the feel of it as well um it, it's, it's just great it's there are two different versions available one comes in a a, a slip case that's got a really nice bold uh, picture on it that usually goes about 60 70 pounds i picked up this for i think it was 20 to 25 mm. a lot of money for a fancy box to slide it in and out of but the actual book itself i think is brilliant and i would highly recommend it uh, my, my daughter enjoys just flicking through it as well so mm. she's uh, seven so you can, you can kind of anyone six plus really i think would would be interested in this that sounds lovely i uh, be interested in seeing that. I don't think you've actually shown me that before, so uh, maybe bring it round next time you Will here. do. Excellent. Good. Um, I've heard about it. I haven't seen it myself. I'd like to get my hands on it, so uh, yeah. I There there was something about Yoshi or Yoshi uh, in there that was of note a few years ago. I think when it came out was... Is there something specific about, about our dinosaur friend that... I remember when it came out that there's, there's something in there that isn't officially nintendo canon but it was on a a fan website and because it's now in this book the oh, assumption is that the authors didn't know what it was and then read about it on this unofficial website and now because it's in this book that is officially now canon. licensed by nintendo it's now canon is that yeah is it yoshi related i i can't remember that, i remember no, reading maybe... the news story about it on kotaki when the book came out Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Okay, mm, cool. We'll uh, I'll have to find out after we've uh, after we've recorded. Okay, my number four. So my number four is um, maybe not to everyone's taste. I don't know, but Poison. my mm, no. Uh, my number four is Patreon subscriptions. Oh, okay. So uh, with a specific bent, in fact, uh, or with a specific um, person or. Yeah, with a specific person in mind, and that is Game Makers Toolkit. So I've mentioned Game Makers Toolkit uh, in recent episodes. They do absolutely amazing work in terms of dissecting games and, and rinsing out all of the meaning and understanding in, in terms of uh, particularly game design and the way that games are put together and why they work certain ways and why some games feel really satisfying. I remember watching an episode on... Um, I can't. I, it might have just been the jumping mechanic in various different 
games and it was looking at celeste which would was uh, newly released at the time or relatively newly released and it was looking at how celeste does a number of things that are sort of like little handholdy things that m- make a game that could have been extremely tedious and difficult actually feel really fun and engaging so one of the things for example is uh, what they call i think they call it coyote time and it's it's based on the idea of Wiley Coyote running off the edge of a cliff uh, okay. and floating there for just a second. Oh, that's interesting. So in, yeah, so in Celeste, you can take, I think it's one or two steps off the side of a, a platform before you start to fall. So if you if you jump, if you press the jump button in those one to two steps off the side of the platform, you will still jump. You won't fall down. And that is one of the things that they did to try and give the player an easier time. In terms of like speed running, if you were speed running, then those one to two steps would cost you, you know, the best speed runs and things. So there's still an emphasis. There's still a a reason to try and be pixel perfect in in those terms. But in terms of say me playing it, it's still going to challenge me. But it's not going to challenge me in a way that's going to frustrate me and want me, uh, make me want to turn it off. And that was a one one little tidbit I got off GMTK or Game Makers Toolkit, sorry. And and there was lots of other stuff about jumping and how uh, the per- like finding the perfect jump. Um, I think there was a a big old rundown of uh, why why certain Zelda dungeons work well, and he's got a really good way of diagramming out um the flow of a dungeon in zelda which in and of itself is interesting i guess the flip side being they're the ones that don't work well because they don't follow that template perhaps yeah there's there this was a multiple series uh, a, a multiple episode sort of exploration of why different games dungeons worked well so you got to see a, a lot of comparison between mm. one and the other so uh, very very interesting certainly something you might be interested mm. in too um and and just recently they've started they started making their own game i I mentioned it i yeah, can't remember did, what yeah. the context was but he was talking about a mechanic where you have a magnet and then um he was talking about in one of the episodes in the second episode i think it was of this development series that he's making um he was talking about prototyping the game out and that is really the reason or one of the reasons that i think that this subscription would be a good way to use your money um to treat yourself because if you're in any way interested in development if you're in any way interested in why games are the way they are supporting uh, game makers toolkit in their work is one way to make sure it just keeps happening with a particular view to if you're interested in making your own game now might be a good time to do that in uh, now might be a good time to both make it and start supporting game makers toolkit because you could go on the journey together you can you can um see what's happening on the channel and you can get the insight that you get as being from being a patreon subscript subscriber and you can start in on your own development journey alongside game makers toolkit so a perfect time to join i think and a perfect time to show your your support and love this was something i hadn't heard of until relatively recently when we did uh, metroid 2 mm. uh, and you mentioned the video that had been created about metroid 2 which i put on our facebook page and it was 
extremely interesting. So from that brief experience I've had with that channel, um, I could hardly recommend that as well. Good. So I'll bounce off that straight into my fourth one, which is something tangentially related to games. Uh, It's related to Nintendo games. My thread from number three and I guess Mm -hmm. from Metroid we just mentioned is a company called Stand for Socks have released a series of socks based around games and this year I was bought the ones that are based on Tetris. Oh. Now, the if you go on the Stand for Socks website, they're not called Tetris socks because of the copyright, I'm guessing. Uh, they have got, in their games section, they've got three different sets of socks that are themed around games. There's one that's clear Tetris, one's, one that's Space Invaders, and one that just says Game Over. Um, the reason why I like Stand for Socks so much is because they are part charity. So the socks are currently retailing at £12 on their actual website, but they do a thing where buy one, give one, and for every pair of socks they sell, they donate a pair to um, homeless people. Mm. Specifically because of how... Um, um, that, that I'll read the blurb out it says here um, socks are one of the most requested items by homeless shelters as a wear through item socks are rarely donated unlike money, money, coffee or old coats we wouldn't donate our whole old holy socks yet if you're homeless you tend to walk more than the average person and without the luxury of fresh, so- fresh socks this can lead to a number of very serious foot health issues our purpose built donation socks will help towards avoiding these problems so yeah, the fact that these socks are I've, I've got a pair of these and they are very very comfy Mm. Um, but the fact that you're buying these, they're game-related, but then also helping someone else out as well, it seems to me a bit of a, a no-brainer. Win-win. Really. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'd, I'd recommend those as well. Mm, I'd never actually thought about that, but, yeah, very interesting consideration. Now, following that up with what I'm about to recommend uh, seems a little bit crass, but <laughs> I, I'm in it now. I didn't want to get pious. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, it's not, it's not that. It just seems like the contrast between, one, a pair of socks and what I'm about to suggest, and the fact that basically this can't be more selfish, I, I don't think, in terms of, unless you're buying it for somebody else, um, and, and lavish, uh, especially given the circumstances, because my fifth and final sort of recommendation is to buy a PC. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> Um, last year I was talking so, about... I, my... I really enjoy how awkward you're feeling after this. So, yeah. Uh, so carry on. It, yeah. it, it's, so, uh, that's a gift in itself. Good, I'm glad. I'm not getting you anything now. Um, my <laughs> my thing last year, I, I actually said in last year's episode, I sort of, I like to try and operate this hobby in a reasonably uh, or and relatively affordable way. So obviously coming in and recommending a PC doesn't really seem like that. I'm going to make the potentially wrong argument that it is in fact a good investment uh, to to buy a pc especially now and there is a reason that i am recommending it now um first first off i need to acknowledge pcs are probably not not pcs are probably the least affordable they've ever been for uh reasons that you do or don't know i've got a clue I, i'm ah, i'm so, rocking a laptop that's uh, uh relatively uh, old. Right. So, I, but I, there, there are there are worldwide uh, chip shortages which are affecting all sorts of um, yes, industries. Yes, I'm aware of that. So that you, it's very difficult, seemingly, to buy a car even at the moment because of the electronics that go into that, and there are all sorts of different things that are short because they they use computer chips, and obviously PCs are one of them. Um, on top of that, you've got the shortage being fueled, uh, the shortage of 
GPUs, graphics cards, um, and CPUs, uh, processors, being fueled by uh, being pushed by crypto mining because they're used to mine all kinds of different crypto currencies. So graphics cards that should be very reasonably very reasonable very affordable aren't they're selling for two to three times their price the unfortunate situation here is that the graphics cards that were released that are being released this year are actually some of the biggest leaps forward that graphics cards have taken um in a long long time so you're actually getting a lot more for your money if they were selling for rrp uh, recommended retail price if they were selling for recommended retail price you'd be getting a heck of a lot more for your money this year than you were last but finding them at recommended retail price anywhere in the world is very, very difficult, very challenging. Now, there are some ways around that. And one of those ways is to buy a PC from a PC builder. So most PC builders, they will build a PC at, at the price, at the cost of the parts, plus an extra bit for building it uh, yourself. So it might be an extra £100 on top of what it would cost you to buy those parts and put it together which is actually quite a reasonable thing, you know, because you're not, you've not got the fuss of having to put it together yourself. Uh, you've also got um, the added protection that if anything's wrong, then you've got a manufacturer, a, a builder to go back to, um, to help you. Basically a real life version of the game you recommended a little bit earlier. Yeah, it, yeah, that's, that's it really. Buying a PC now then, that might be the best route to go. So go through a PC builder. And when you've got your PC, the reason that I'm recommending this as a, as a way forward is because I, I've talked about Xbox Game Pass. Xbox Game Pass for PC gives you access to a lot of, if not all of, in fact, the first-party Xbox games that come out. So you, when you buy a PC, you're kind of buying an Xbox mm. in some ways. On top of that, I don't know if you've noticed this year, but a number of high-profile playstation games have made their way to pc so the latest version of god of war is now on pc oh i didn't know that yeah horizon zero dawn is on pc and i am expecting that over the course of next year and uh, into the future more that's going to happen more and more so there's a possibility that not only are you buying yourself a pc but you're also buying yourself an xbox and you're also buying yourself a playstation where you can play basically the you know the dream a, a machine that plays all the exclusives all of the time except nintendo you'll start to get yourself a, a nintendo if you want to cover all your bases but but that's the reason so in terms of sort of looking into the future if if sony do go the route that it looks like they might be going and they put their first party releases on a pc and xbox are doing that as we speak you might be able to get get away with not owning not having to buy a console or two just by having a pc right so yeah kind of uh kind of sensible yeah but also I, I understand quite expensive uh in the grand scheme of things and not necessarily doable by everybody but if you've got someone that you particularly love even if that's yourself um then you should buy them them a pc I guess yeah. the, the point you're making there is is it's prudent as well. It's it's maybe cost saving in the long run, perhaps. Yeah. I, so um, the other thing that you get with PCs that you don't always get with consoles is that a graphics card will play games uh, much further into the future than you think they will. So if you get a, a a decent graphics card now, if you if you bought yourself a thirty seventy or thirty eighty, the likelihood is that actually it will play games fairly adequately a lot longer into the future than your 
console will. So we're talking like a decade. A 30, I, I would be very surprised if a 3070 um, wasn't playing games adequately, not on max settings or anything like that, but adequately, uh, certainly for me passably, 10 years from now. So you won't necessarily even have to upgrade. At the same time, um, if you wanted to upgrade, then the option's there and the chances are you'd just be able to swap out your graphics card and you'd have something that would play the latest mm. games on very, very capable settings. So yeah, an interesting prospect, one that I don't know if everybody is sort of looking at, but I think is worth definitely worth considering. Yeah, great recommendation. On the side, so I wanted to recommend this, but I was very worried that my list looked like last year's list because what I actually want to recommend as well as alongside your PC to make it more like a, a console, if if that's what you want or need, 8BitDose SN30 Pro 2 controller. Now, you've got the SN30 Pro Plus. Yeah, I recommended this last year, didn't we? Yes, we both did. It was one of our crossovers. So the Pro 2, I got, I got one of these this year and it is just a, a refined version of that it's got some triggers on the back so as well as everything that you get on a regular controller it's got some triggers on the bra- on the back and you can program those two triggers one on either side of the of the handles you can trigger those to be whatever input you like so it could be um you could have it correspond to pressing square five times or something mm-hmm. anything anything you want also and a very small but very significant refinement an sn30 Pro Plus can be used for the Switch. It can be used for your Android phones. I think for your iPhones, it can be used on PC and so forth. So it, it's very usable. And it can a, go everywhere. And as a side point there, I don't think I talked about it on the podcast. I had the infamous Joy-Con drift this year in, in February. So I had to send it off to Nintendo to be fixed. And the SN30 stepped in more than adequately and was, and was amazing. The Pro 2... It's only a very small change, but it's quite significant to me. It has a switch on the back, and that switch has positions for Android, iPhone, PC, and Switch. So you don't sync it up every time? Yeah, so you don't have to remember the button press that you have to do to to pop it on the Switch or the PC or whatever. You just move the Switch to, to the position that you need. So it's very, very, very usable, even more usable just because of that Switch, even more usable chopping and changing, swapping it from one system to another than than the Pro Plus, which was good in itself. So yeah, that's that's my side recommendation alongside a PC. Good call. Right, my, my final recommendation then is very flippant after that conversation about PC. Uh, my previous suggestion was socks. This is something that kind of links to what you said for your second... Pants? Oh. Nope. You, you talked about board games earlier on. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a game. has got a board as part of it, but not really that. But it's, it's, anyway, uh, it's a game called The Sock Game. Right. Okay, never heard of it. What is this? Right, The Sock Game is amazing. We've bought um, a copy for my brother and a copy for my um, aunt this year, just because it's so much fun. So... You get given uh, two socks. Two, two, you have proper long socks. You know the ones when you wear them, they go up past your knees. Yeah, yeah. And each sock is filled with an assortment of small items, such as a Monopoly hotel, a golf tee, a marble, a rubber band, uh, a poker chip, all things like this. And on the board, it's got a spinner. So you spin it around, and it might land on a Lego brick. And then you've got to put your hand in the sock, both at the same time, and then got to feel where the, where the brick is, and then first person to put it out wins, and then you move forward the steps on the game, game board, and you keep going. And it's just so much fun. 
Right, so it's like a, a race against somebody else on each round. Yeah. And they're the same things in each sock. Yeah. And each person's got a blindly. Okay, that sounds good. It's all, in, it's all about that sense of feel because I think there's 25 or so items in each sock. And like, for example, I think there's three different balls. There's a marble, a bouncy ball, another one. And obviously a marble and a bouncy ball are fairly similar size, but the yeah. feel of them, they feel very, mm. very similar just in, in the, the sock themselves. And uh, What happens if you pull the wrong thing out? Then you just you put it back in and then have to keep going. So it's, ah, it's that whole so idea. So it is just the race to the... Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I know, some people may be listening and thinking that sounds really boring. It's really, really fun. Yeah, I can imagine it being fun. There's a game, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a game where... It sort of sounds a similar-ish thing. You can play it with more than two people in a round, though. You have lots of little plastic shapes, like maybe a, a little plastic pig, a little plastic cat, a little plastic sock or shoe. And then you throw two... And they're all different colours. You throw two dice. One is a colour corresponding one, and one's a shape corresponding one. And as soon as the dice hit the floor and settle, you have to be the first person to... Gra- it's called Grabalo. There you go. I just remembered because I was going to say you have to be the first person to grab the sh- the the correct coloured shape. Um, so it's called Grabalo, and it's absolutely fantastic. We played it with well. some of Hannah's family, and Hannah's cousin, I think, probably has still has chunks missing from her hand because of people's na- nails dra- grabbing in when they've reached into the middle. It, that's a fab game. It, it sort of sounds like it's in the same kind of genre the same area as the sock game i've just looked so it's that's 10 pounds so that's a a, another worthy recommendation as well yeah now if you're gonna if you're gonna play it with little kids then you need to you know you need to you need to watch yourself but if you play in if you play in without fully grown adults who know what they're getting themselves into uh all bets are off uh, or or in fact all gloves it's phenomenal yeah really fun bro right uh that's my list done what about you then actually to finish off that is the end that was the last the end Mine's done. Yours is done. We've got 10. Well, we say 10. I think there are quite a few more than 10 recommendations uh, when all said and done there, isn't there? So if you can't find something in that little uh, list of goodies, then um, don't really know what to do with you. You've probably listened to the wrong podcast. Yeah, well, we we hope that's been useful for you. Um, Even if you're not going to buy those things, hopefully us talking about it might have uh, just been a bit of fun anyway. Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. We'll see. Thank you ever so much for joining us, regardless of why or what you get out of it. If you would like to show just a little bit more involvement with us, or, or, or however you want to term it, we are available on Facebook, first and foremost, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, although YouTube is inactive at the moment in terms of actually putting things on there. We're going to have to do something about that, I think, in the new year. We're going to have to think of a thing that we can do with our YouTube to make it worthwhile. Unboxing. Oh, yeah, good idea. Uh, or, or not, I don't know. Kinder eggs, I don't know. All right, we'll have a thing. Off air is probably the best place to do that. Also, something that we said last year that we will repeat this year. If you are stuck for someone, for a gamer in your life, or just anybody, to be honest, you can come find us in those places and ask what we might recommend. You give us a few details. We'll take a good stab at giving you the best recommendation we can. Deal. For Christmas. In return, we'd really appreciate it if you could also share the podcast around, spread some festive cheer at Christmas and uh, let people know about us and uh, try and get more people on board. That would be uh, 
uh, very much appreciated as well. Obviously, absolutely. Obviously, during the festive season, we're going to do what has been tradition for the last couple of years now. So uh, the next couple of weeks, we're going to both be playing games that we received at Christmas when we were nippers, and then we'll be doing our brands of the year and uh, a few of the bits and bobs along the way as well. Yes, we will. I like the Christmas episodes. Bit of fun. They make me happy. Bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. Our third Christmas as well. Yeah. I didn't think we'd get here if I'm honest. But here we are, here we are, and there we go. Uh, End of episode. See you later. Bye.